G'day hobbyists, Anthony and Liam here for the next episode of Down Under Sigma. It's been three weeks. Holy shit, Liam. It, what a last couple of weeks. It's been a while. It's been seriously been a while. It's kind of weird though. I haven't, haven't spoken to you or seen you in like ages. Yeah, mate. I've uh, for, for anyone who didn't know, and I'm sure everyone knew, um, I've been in America for the last couple of weeks and got back this morning. Um, a bit, a bit rat shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Didn't, what time did you land? Uh, like eight o'clock or something. Um, good old 20, 20, 24 hour travel, but um, nah. it was good. The photo that you posted on Twitter was hilarious. It's just oh, like death. <laughs> I, I still feel like death and I've got to go to training tomorrow and do some compliance training. So um, I was like this close to canceling the show and I thought, no, Let's get it out of the way. Uh, I want to talk about Adepticon while it's hot and wow. um, and really kind of share what I've learned. Like I think that's the, the key for me is like being exposed to the UK, being exposed to the different countries. Like how do we make our scene better? Yeah, I'm down to hear about this. I'm um, seeing the photos um, from like you and AOS Shorts when he was doing coverage and stuff. I was like, crap, I'm, I got serious FOMO. Like that six. guy's a monster. I don't know how, like, uh, we, we were playing to the tournament games and people were saying to me, how's AO Shorts, like, on top of all of his stuff? He's not even here. Uh, and I had to say he, he was a sex robot and uh, there's more than one of him. I reckon he's got, I don't, I don't know, he's got, like, a team, I think. Like, maybe, like, a little small team, but just send some photos and he's just, like, going for gold. I think he's a clone. Yeah. I think he's, like, more than one person. I think he's actually cloned himself, so... So do you reckon there was a fake AOS shorts in CanCon? Uh, possibly, possibly. I don't know if it was a real Dan, but... Conspiracy uh, theories. Yes. But before we talk about Adepticon, how are you and what's been happening in Australia? Well, while you've been gone, there's been a couple of events like Saggy 2. Uh, and then I think there's been a couple of one-dayers here and there around the country. I knew Queensland had a couple that Hayden's attended to and told me about. Um, and then we've had our games cube, but mainly the big one is Saggy T, which was pretty much like a lot of the top players in Australia, all hanging out in South Australia. Um, and yeah, it was really interesting to see the army list because there was, it was the first tournament with, um, both the Skaven and Flesh of Courts books and play and seeing like what was like what people created in the space of two weeks of writing a list or a week writing a list. And of course, both the top three had both a Skaven and a Flesh Eater Court army. Yeah. And right. and I think one response was on like, since there were so many different Skaven lists, everyone said, what was the difference between what made Dan's list so special? And he goes, I had a Doom Wheel. So apparently key to Skaven is Doom Wheel. Which is, which is for anyone who used to play Skaven back in fantasy, the Doom Wheel was a, like a quintessential might item. Like it was always in the list. And it yeah. kind of dropped off in the last... I, I haven't, I it was haven't too seen random. One. I hadn't seen random. one in Sigma. I hadn't seen one in Sigma. Um, also, they're a pain to pain, apparently. Meh, it's not my problem. Yeah, like... Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting to see, like, what army list and stuff were turning up. Um, and Dan, and Dan had won it, right? Dan with his... Schedule. Dan Brewer won it. Dan Brewer won it. And then um, Mick from Fail Charge came second with Flesh Eater Courts. He ran Blisterkin, not Gristlegore. Um, it's just flyer. It's like my, you remember my old death watch list? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just that on steroids. 
I think what's really cool is that both uh, Dan and Mick uh, aren't just someone who just jumped on jumped on the bandwagon and like they've been playing Flesh Eater Courts and Skaven. Like I, I, I knew Mick was playing uh, Flesh Eater Courts back in like GBH 16. So yeah. he Dan, a- Dan's always been playing Demo Tomb Kings. Yeah, so it's cool because like I think they were happy, but they just got a bit of a boost. Um, so like I like to joke around that Dan Brewer's parachute um, has now just taken off and now he's just going up, like speeding through. And then third place was uh, Smorgan with his mixed order, which is and his list is called Feck Off Feck. Feck Off Feck is it, is this is this the uh, the banner that they're waving on in Zandri? Yes, yeah, so Zandri is saying Feck Off Feck. Um, it's got a Dragon Lord with massive defense, shield, and Dragon Lance artifact, Ethereal Amulet, so it's an unkillable dragon. A Marathi who just takes three damage a turn, and Anointed one on Frostheart Phoenix, debuffing. Five Dragon Blades, five Dragon Blades, five Dragon Blades, ten Arcanaut Company, ten Arcanaut Company, and ten Freel Guild Archers. I love it. It's this mixed city of Zandri. It's just collected the eels, it's collected Marathi, it's collected all the all the, the greatest uh, warriors of the oh. of the mortal realms. And he's just running the dragon host, which I'm guessing he just did that because he just needs an artifact. So which has the hero that is unkillable. So um that was his fuck off feck, and he did quite well. Clearly, awesome. with that and, and I heard great things. I heard um, Mick, oh. uh, Mick Doom and Darkness, and uh, Matt the Wild for weeks who'd run uh, an awesome event. So kudos to those guys for their first big two day. Uh, I think fifty players. There might be a few dropouts, but uh, ultimately a good event yeah. from what everything I heard. Mm-hmm. Zoo, good yeah. event. Like, I reckon they did a killer job. I didn't hear anything um, at all. Like bad um and it ran really smoothly which was really cool has there been, has there been any other events that i've missed or any um any content creators that i need to catch up on um new content creators i'm just trying to think who was there i know um, harold harold's put out a podcast off the back of um saggy teak i think it was a yeah fails charge podcast yeah with mick and also dwellers went on youtube yes i did see that so dwellers went on youtube which was actually pretty funny it's like a little vlog of like little updates and stuff. Um, if you guys want to just kick back and just watch, you can like pretty much play it when you're doing hobby and stuff. Yeah, our man, our man Randy, much love to, to the oh, Randy man. He was the star of the host, wasn't he? He's like, the he best. Did a job. Love, love the Randy man from Tassie. So uh, good but, to see him up there. Yeah, so that's it for like new, I think that's it really. I think there might have been, just double checking. That's it from Dwellers and stuff and especially after saggy tea like um i was gonna do one with dan but i've been so busy um like i've been so far behind with my stuff and at the moment i'm doing a ridiculous project in two weeks um that's all right you're here with me so yeah and then so events coming up though we've got adf this weekend the um australian defense forced wargaming event um which will be really cool i'm really excited uh, 35 players and a list just came out on AOS Shorts. So if people want to have a look at what's happening there, there's some really interesting lists, like a four Lord of Change battalion list, which I thought I would never see ever, but it's there. I love um, it. I saw, I saw um, uh, a free guild army. So I saw our man, um, Brant's going to be Brant, there. So yeah. Brant's there. And then um, just what I think, is it anything? James Mainbridge's got like six endless spells or something in his list, which it's is an endless which, spell bomb. Thing. He's very, 
on on James Mabry like so. Well, he just painted them all up. He just he's done some crazy hobby recently, so he's just smashed them up. Got got on top of it, and I think, I think this is the month there's going to be all of the tournament talk. Like if I think about April, right? We've got the ADF, F. we've got the GW heats one and heats two, and then we got Brisecon, Brisecon, and then we oh, also got Border oh. Wars, and then we got to get ready to talk about uh, Notorious GT. I think it's well also. I think good games in Melbourne's running uh, another one day uh, uh, this month. So I think this month is going to have. Oh, and Gob- I think GoboCon in um, in, uh, in Adelaide is being run maybe next weekend. So uh, this is a pretty active month for events. Pretty ridiculous. It's like going to be so hard to catch up on. I'm just going to imagine how AOS Shorts is going to cope. Oh, he's going to have to get that sex robot to multiply. <laughs> um, but generally, yeah, at the moment, um, that's it for like up and coming um like events that i know of in sydney just trying in australia i'm just trying to think but yeah and you announced you and you and just announced um the moab team events yes yeah, so that's just got announced uh got confirmed like i checked my emails got confirmed last night um so i'm doing a team event um different to gabe who we had on before the show before i'm making sure it's very different to here so we don't clash or anything like that because we just want to keep it different um we're doing it old lord of war style like we did um two and a half years ago with um with the heralds and mortally wounded did it where it's going to be uh, teams of four each grand alliance so chaos dev destruction and order um and i did like a poll on the sydney page like hey what's everyone's like current alliance that they're running and it was so weird no one's running order mm. like that was the lowest one and the most popular was destruction. And it's not wanting to admit it. Yeah. So I thought it was like, I was like, this is like, this is weird. I thought it would be like the other way around, but with Glean Spine stuff. Um, but then we've also had some really good releases as well at the moment in the community. Like we've got a new corn book as well, where we now have to deal with endless prayers or endless judgment. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to do a, a book review. So Matt Campbell, you know, you're going to be on there soon. Yeah. Um, he's, He's, I asked him like literally last week, I'm like, Hey, has anyone asked you to do a, a podcast yet? And he goes, surprisingly, no. And I was hey, like, what? He, I, I told him when we chatted last, when he won CanCon, I'm like, when the book drops, you, you're coming out. So yeah. after the FAQ, Matt, I'm coming for you. But um, as always, the events will be put down in the show That's notes. Um, so you guys can find the links to all that stuff. But looks like this month's going to be an awesome month for events. Yeah. Um, and then may i'm just looking at for like so we've got april's gonna be killer i think we have an event on every week yeah amazing amazing i think this is a, a great time to be alive with sigma we've got uh slanish coming soon you know forbidden power is coming up soon uh there's lots and lots of cool stuff potentially a new gbh um but yeah. this month is jam-packed full of events and if anybody goes to uh is it ballarat that's opening up a games workshop yeah uh, you can buy me a model no, that new liberator one. I want that new female liberator. It is sensational. I just, I just want to know if there's someone in GW that's just like pumping out stormcast. Like they're just sculpting like one for like each like anniversary and stuff. Spamming and, it out. And Seth Cooks pulled up a really good point as well. Was the announcement of the Loon Curse? So don't know what's happening there. Sylvaneth Moon Clan. I reckon it's actually, people are going to hate me for this. I actually have a funny feeling it's Wanderers. Uh, all right. Well, it's on yeah, record someone, now. Because someone, because I know like people are saying like, oh, Sylvanas getting a new book and stuff. 
and everything because they're freaking outdated. But I have a funny feeling because a lot of the recent um, rumor engines and stuff, someone put out a like example of like all the current models, all the designs and like engravings on horns and everything. And they've just gone like, um, and then some of the rumor engines have the same thing. So I was like, oh, this might be um, interesting to see if they do a Wanderers because Wanderers aren't axed on the range. Like they're not gone. Um, and it'll be interesting if they do a Wanderers um, and Gloom Spite um, kind of thing where it's just like shooting, like it's going to be a whole lot of shooting. So I think uh, people either in the comments section or in the chat should let me know what they're thinking. My gut feel was that it is a, a box set coming up. I think 40K has shown the path that they're releasing these these two army box sets quite frequently now. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sigma might go into that particular uh, model. And it wouldn't surprise me if a, glo a, a Gloom Spite and a Sylvaneth and maybe a repackaged Sylvaneth um, may be this Gloom Loon Curse. Um and also this potentially the, the, the 50 shades of gray type thing as well, which I think is an airbrush. I think I it's reckon, a PW airbrush. I reckon it's either airbrush or new range of colored spray paints. I think it's an airbrush because they've obviously uh, released the, uh, the airbrush paints. Um, yeah. They had that, that airbrush a while ago. That was kind of weird. I wouldn't surprise if it's like a badger, um, like a rebranded badger airbrush. Yeah. I reckon they may have found a deal and just put a GW ticket on it. But we'll see. I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. If they did an airbrush, I think a lot of people will be very happy. Um, just because smashing out painting and stuff with that. Um, but I do really want... One day, I really do hope they even make Rucker Flesh or Incubi Darkness back on a spray. Yes, yeah, that'd be good. I, I'd love um, uh, Morton Frank Brown as well to come back. Oh, just any of those kind of colours. Because at the moment, I'm sick of mech grey and white. Mm. Um to answer your darker and to answer your question, how are the GW airbrush paints? They're interesting when I used my airbrush and before I threw it at the wall. Um, but yeah, so what else was there that got uh, Forbidden Power was interesting, some of the new endless spells. And then Warcry was um, was kind of uh, displayed oh. a little bit more. So uh, by the way, we've kind of like led straight into Adepticon without even yeah. talking to Adepticon. So this is all the cool stuff. That we found uh, out. Announced. Yeah. So uh, is there anything else in Australia before we actually just properly talk about Adepticon? Well, at the moment, so we currently got in Australia. No, not really. Like we just trying to think if there's anything that's been announced for Australia. It's said like we just got the heats this um, this month, which is really going to be interesting to see how the community up there. Like I'm super keen to hear what Queensland says about the heats and see how they run, how a GW like run event, like two day run event will be um, said. Um, and then I'm also interested to see, um, when everyone's going to start, like Sydney's just going to start grabbing all their event tickets. Cause we got both good events coming up soon, which we just both announced. Yeah. And so I've, I've also announced Sydney GT. So they'll be coming up pretty soon. I've got a few things in the, in the works, but it looks like it's going to be a two and a half K, um, uh, event. So, uh, stay tuned. October. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, I reckon it's soon we're just going to start seeing, at the moment for Australia, I just start seeing Sydney now pick up their game because uh, Brisbane's smashing it and Adelaide smashed it and Melbourne smashed it. So it's our turn. Yes. Really. Mm. I think that's it, really. But um, that's it for Australia. Haven't missed anything. Exactly. All right. Sounds like we've had a pretty eventful couple of weeks since I've been gone. Uh, yeah. 
work in progress threads have been going well. Uh, do we want to get into the main topic? Because I am tired as all hell. Yeah, um, let's let's talk about this really cool event. Um, it's called uh, ADF. I don't know about the same. Apparently, Adepticon happened, but I didn't haven't heard anything about it. Like, uh, I, I haven't talked about it on the channel at all. So, so uh, let's hear about this Adepticon. Yeah, so that's a that's a nice segue. So, um, basically, if you're new to the channel, you probably haven't heard me talk. Uh, I went to America. Yeah, I mean, I've been screaming about this because you know Adepticon is really one of the big seven events. Um, you know, you've got Can in no particular order. You've got CanCon, you've got um, Blood and Glory, South Coast GT, Bobo, um, LVO. Adepticon, Nova. They're the big, really, Age of Sigmar events across the world. Did you do South world. Coast? Yeah, that's it. Oh, South yeah, yeah. Okay, I think, I think it bled into Saggy T in my head. Uh, um, no, so South Coast, Blood and Glory, and Bobo are probably the three big UK events, and London GT, kind of, but like, they're like the big... No, Age of Sigmar was all right at, at, at London GT, so I won't I won't slag them at all. Um, but they're the big, they're the big uh, international events. They're the ones that are in that 150 to 200 player range. So um, I had the fortunate pleasure of going to Adepticon. Um, and I'll be honest, Liam, it was nothing that I expected. Uh, I thought, I didn't know if it was going to be a CanCon, um, if it was going to be like a, a just a big tournament or it was, it was to me, it was a, a celebration of Warhammer and Wargaming. Yeah. And it was more than just at a tournament. It, it, it yeah. blew me away. It was a proper convention. It was a convention. I think we haven't got the we haven't got the conventions down pat yet. Um, you know, CanCon does a really good job, but when I compare CanCon to Adepticon, it's just chalk and cheese. It was um, so yeah. very different. Like I remember at CanCon this year, the stalls were cool. Like there's some cool terrain ones. Do you remember all the terrain ones where we were running around and everyone's like, "This is a bargain" and stuff, and everyone gets excited about Combat Company and stuff being there. Um, but you don't really see much about like new games. Like you don't really go in to looking at the new games that are coming out and stuff. But I'm pretty sure Adepticon and those kind of conventions in America and the UK, they do show off a lot of the new games coming out, like those Kickstarter games, right? Like all yeah, the ones. Absolutely. Like so I think two years ago, uh, they um, they had done the um, like the the the, re the release and the launch of the. Um, the Game of Thrones uh, Song of Fire and Ice board game. It was a Kickstarter. Um, I met Mal, Mal, the terrain tutor, who's currently in the process of doing a terrain uh, Kickstarter book with yep. all these great content. Um, there's so many game launches and product launches and reveals and demos. And, uh, you know, it's 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 more than just GW, but yep. it's just, it's it's massive. It's, it's so big. It's like they took over the convention center. It is massive. That's pretty much um, what you want. And I was there for like, I was there for six days. So I was there, the, the event goes for, for about five days, but uh, I was there before it started and the day after. So I traveled home. So uh, it was pretty crazy. What is it? Um, so you were there and then you've done, let's say, so it was, how long was the convention again? Five days? Uh, it was a convention started on the, on the Wednesday. Yep. Um, and uh, that was when kind of everyone starts coming in and GW did their studio reveal. Yep. Which was, um, and what kind of experience like that? Like, what was it like being in that room? So, how about I actually share some photos, and maybe that kind of gives us something. To... I did see some selfies with everyone being super excited, and I just can tell by that atmosphere because you have all the like huge fans of. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's the Citadel, which we can so talk you, about. So you can see the screen now. Yeah, I can see the screen now. 
Yeah, so while I was in America, um, I got to go to the Warhammer Citadel, which is based out in um, in, in Dallas, Texas, um, Grapevine specifically, which is about 10 to 15 minutes drive from the airport. So on the way back, uh, when I was heading out of Dallas to go to uh, New Orleans, um, I duck into the, the Warhammer Citadel and I didn't know what to expect when I went to the Citadel. I thought it was going to be like just a big GW store, but it's so, so much more. It's got event space. You can see there's got cool cool gaming tables. They've got Forge World stuff. The hobby it's, tables look sick. Hobby tables are fun. Uh, I meant to put up a table there of uh, how they play games. They've got like cup holders and dice holders. Um, there's so much artwork you can see in the bottom corner, this Skaven. You know, it's, this is in the male bathroom. Yeah, the cool artwork on the drinks menu is cool. Just a really cool hobby uh, area. And, um, yeah, it's just awesome. I did like it. I remember when you posted on the Sydney page, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you can get it up, but, like, it was cool to see uh, they made, like, their own chessboard with yes, GW. Yeah, so they have... I thought that was really cool. So that was a chessboard uh, that had uh, basically 40K and Sigma models representing the different um, chess pieces. So, which I thought uh, was cool. And I, I think my favorite piece in there was there was these big, um, uh, these, these, uh, bo- the original boxes of different games and different models, even like the first edition skeletons that were out there. Oh. Like there was just a lot of like hobby lore as well as, um, old models as well as new models. So, uh, definitely check it out. I, I really hope that the Australian, um, champion store, they want it, um, is it Mount yeah. Gravatt? becomes yep. this you know i'd love I to see say, i reckon it could turn into that quite easily yeah yeah but i won't harp on this too much definitely the warhammer citadel was really awesome if you are in dallas uh it's a small uh drive or uber from the airport highly recommend checking out super cool that's sick but now you're right yep so got in on wednesday and um he's uh, that I, strange dude on the bottom right he looks so weird I don't know. I don't know. He he, he said that uh, my beard was too thick and it needed some multiple thin coats. Um, yeah, wouldn't surprise me, but, like, he does not look familiar at all. Everyone else does. Everyone looks so familiar. I don't know that guy on the bottom right. I don't know who that guy is. So uh, Games Workshop uh, started uh, the, the event with the um, the, the, the reveals, um, and this is, this, this is my second Games Workshop studio reveal. So Blood and Glory, they had one, and this is my second. So is really cool. So the guy in the top left, if you don't know who that is, that's Pete Foley. He is the head of books and uh, box games. So he's the guy that uh, holds a lot of the law. Uh, a lot of the, the the stuff that happens in Games Workshop goes through Pete Foley. So uh, it was him and Eddie from the community team who were doing the the, the studio previews. Yep, sick. Uh, there's about, you know, in the bottom left-hand corner, you can see there's a whole group of people there. So you might recognize uh, I'm next to Jimbo there, the guy who's like screaming in the in the blue and white, uh, the, the red and white yeah, shirt. Yeah. Um, Jimbo, great guy from the Mitzi and Jimbo show. You've got Chuck Moore behind. You've got all these guys. But basically there was 400 people um, uh, sitting in that studio reveal watching the announcements of, of, of All Games Workshop products. And that was free. So you could just t- turn up, um, which was excellent. That's cool. And if anyone wants to know, so if anyone follows the community site and follows uh, Mangle, um, like a uh, painting by Mangle, um, step-by-step guys, which are freaking awesome. Mangle is the guy in the black leather jacket to the right of the guy in the red and white top. 
That is correct. And I've actually got a sticker. Uh, Tyler Mengel gave me a sticker um, that I've got now on my army case for, for Mengel's painting. So it's, it's friggin' cool. He's absolute champ. And his painting is just like when he paints Ninehorn, he makes it sound so easy. And I was like, no, like, nah. He's he's cool. Really cool dude. And then you're, you're right to the right is, is Duncan. So Duncan was there to run uh, painting workshops, uh, which I'll going to get to a little bit later. But um, there were so many different personalities from um, not only Games Workshop, but within the community, uh, mini wargaming, uh, you know, um, and I'll, I'll share a bit more when we get to these pictures. But um, I think this is where one of the big differences for us was, is that we don't get the pleasure of having the American and the UK companies come to CanCon. Yeah. And just seeing people from like the long war, um, you know, seeing Kenny Boucher and seeing all these guys that you either see on blogs or, or um, YouTube videos or Twitch streams, uh, everyone really has come together. And, and that's why I was saying it's more than just a tournament. It's literally a, a celebration of hobby and there's so much hobby going on. Yeah, sick. Um, there's 24 hour gaming tables, so you can play a pickup game whenever you want. There's bits trading. It's like a, a, a if you've got lots of bits, you can go up there and actually trade. There's like a dedicated trade area. Um, there are. Um, I might even like maybe when I finish the slides, I can actually show you. I got um, a premium kind of badge, which allows me a gift bag of like whatever whatever they yeah. chuck in. I got so much free stuff and good free stuff. So that's that song of fire and ice box I, I mentioned. Yeah. I got I got a box that's worth like two two hundred and fifty bucks. Just casually. Um, I got, I got, um, I got uh, the the Zench um, Underworlds Warband with um, the cards and the dice and the uh, the card tray as well, the model. So all this cool stuff. But anyway, uh, Studio Freed preview. I won't go on too much more about that. Um, there was literally a blog and a live stream from from Games Workshop. Um, that was pretty cool. Cool experience. Cool bunch of dudes. Sorry, I can see there. Very cool. And kind of speaking of um, of the cool dudes, dudes like, yeah. this is just some of the, the many. And I think this is where, for me, this celebration really came about. And outside of the events, it was more than just the five match play games. There were people hanging out before and after and in between, uh, inviting you to different things. People kind of just kick back at the, the bar up until like one or two in the morning. Yeah. And here's a few examples of people, you know, from in the top left-hand corner, you've got Sigmar and Sons, you've got... Uh, Mr. Mephisto from, uh, from from Twitch down, yeah. down below. You've got um, uh, Dave um, Dave who runs NashCon. You got Mitzi and Jimbo and Tyler, and you got um, uh, Haywo Twitcher in the top left hand corner. Uh, one of the boys from Rage of Sigma in the bottom. Like yeah. there's just so many people, and you're constantly running into people. Um, you know, you've got Eric here. You've got you know Martin from um, from Warhammer community. Um, the guy in the bottom right hand corner is probably the best flesh eater course player in the world. Um, ben, Bill Souza. Bill Souza. Yeah. Bill Martin Orlando in the bottom left hand corner, which was my uh, doubles partner. And these two uh, people in the top left, you probably recognize. Uh, top right. Uh, top right. Yeah. You can see I'm already top right losing Top right corner is uh, those guys called Honest Wargamer. It's a weird blog, but it's all right. Kidding. And you've Love also them. got Chuck Moore, Chuck Moore in the top center. So uh, we had a battle of the pop stars on 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 the the Thursday. Um, we had a pickup game, two thousand point game, and um, 
basically battled off between Britney Spears versus um, Taylor Swift to see who was a better pop star. Again, you can see so many people just hanging out from like Relian to again the Rage of Sigma guys. Uh, the bottom, the bottom center, you can see uh, Vince and Tom from Warhammer Tom. Weekly, Mitzi and Jimbo. Again, um, I had never met these people. I think that was kind of like the big surprise. I'd kind of interact with them on, on on Twitter occasionally. I'd watch their content or their podcasts or whatever, and um, it was just crazy to see not only these people in real life, but they're just so accommodating and just really, really cool people. Yeah, and they just everyone just seems. So happy. If I was there, I was probably have my resting bitch face, but inside I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, it just looks like such a good time of just hanging out. And I just love how this apron thing is like kicking off with Vince. Um, I don't know if one of the pictures I had earlier, no. So it's funny. So um, I'll show you. So um, in the bottom right hand corner, uh, the guy that's next to me um, with the like the bluey shirt, yeah. um, from, that's Jacob from Rage of Sigma. And then uh, in the bottom left-hand corner here, the guy in the like the, um, the, red, and white checkered, yeah. the red and white checkered shirt, Anthony, on uh, the Friday or the Saturday, they actually dressed up like Vince Venturella. They kind of did their hair looking like him. And what was really funny was uh, people who didn't know them were actually taking photos with them and putting it on Twitter. I've Insane. met Vince Venturella and tagging Vince. And, oh, um, so good. and Vince was running workshops and um, Vince's wife, uh, Kathy, um she's she's tweeting and like laughing everyone's laughing because um people literally so thought good. it was yeah so good but generally it was just a really cool uh really cool event everyone was just happy and i think this is where i think we as a community can probably get a little bit better and like making sure that like people who travel and um making sure we've got activities either before or after our events um I kind of started doing that. For example, even though like Tasman Cup at CanCon was kind of semi-exclusive, but people were welcome to watch. If that makes sense, like that, like yes, yeah, so we kind yeah, of had yeah, like no, a no. thing, but um, and, and obviously Doom and Darkness had set up uh, our CanCon barbecue, and I thought yeah. that was that was awesome. I think you know it's got me starting to think, uh, f especially for people who travel, how can I be more inclusive, and how can yeah. I set up things that. Um, that makes the most of the time and, you know, whether it's casual breakfast or whether it's even just like recommending a hotel and people who travel stay at that one particular hotel, like just, it's got the ideas ticking. Yeah. It's solid. And yeah, just looking at all these photos, everyone just looks so epically happy, which is awesome to see. Except, except the person in the top left-hand corner in the yellow shirt, that's Alex G. He was the guy who was running the event. So, uh, <sighs> So awesome dude, but uh, he, as you can imagine, stressed out um, running such a large event. But overall, everyone had an awesome time. Um, any questions? Any questions? Anything you want to say before uh, I move into? Because like, at the moment, I was following quite a lot of the shenanigans that was happening and stuff, and I was just like had serious FOMO. So if anyone wants to go on Twitter and have some serious FOMO about Adepticon, just Go on Adepticon and look up like Warhammer Weekly, uh, Honest Wargamer, um, Strength Hammer, and stuff, and just start following and following those kind of people, and you'll start seeing and like scrolling back. You'll just realize that Adepticon is just a whole bunch of fun. Um, I'm not gonna lie, to me, Adepticon did not look like a serious tournament. It just looked like a whole bunch of fun. I was like, this is sick. Like this is because every time when you hear about an event like Adepticon, you're like oh, the big serious tournament. Did not hear anything about it. I only found out about like who won and stuff like 
an hour or two after I'm like oh i completely forgot that that was actually like what most people were there for like everyone just looked at having a bunch of fun like seeing vince doing workshops and stuff i was just like that's what adepticon is to yeah. me at the moment it was just like people coming in doing seminars and the gaming was just a bonus if that makes sense 100 percent. and that was kind of like obviously i could have gone in with a really competitive list but i, I wanted to run gloom spite i wanted to have fun and my one goal was to just have awesome games with every opponent not have a bad game and I was able to do so. Um, so I chose not to play in the 1K uh, Vanguard um, tournament, which happened on the Thursday. But instead, I played a pickup game with um, Chuck Moore, and he ran 180 Witch Elves, and I played my Gloom Spite. Um, that was the Battle of Tay-Tay versus Brittany. Uh, luckily, Brittany won. Um, hooray. Um, but I also got to do two workshops here. So uh, I got to do a class with Vince, and he did uh, a class on non-metallic metal, which was freaking awesome. Does he make it look easy? Um, he does make it look easy, but we obviously got to practice as well. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, really, you did know. You we sample things or did you have to bring your own sample? No, no, no. So he brought, he brought some samples and he you know, gave us all the paints and we just had to bring a paintbrush. But even then he's like, look, let's just use my crappy paintbrushes. Uh, and he showed us two different ways of doing non-metallic metal and, um, it was, it was quite interesting to see the process and uh, just hearing from an expert. And obviously, you know, he has a, a wonderful catalog of painting um, videos, but yeah. having that person and giving you coaching and real-time feedback um, was invaluable. So um, yeah. that was really cool. Now, the guy on the right. Yes. Um, Uncle, what's his name? Fuck. Uncle, Uncle Adam. Yes. Uncle Adam. What was his workshop? So I did a uh, a YouTube um, uh, session with him. Um, so he runs a, uh, a a YouTube channel called um, Tabletop Minions, um, which has probably one of the highest um, subscriber rates uh, and puts out amazing content on YouTube. So if you're not watching Uncle Adam, um, I highly recommend it. He does really, really, really good videos, really good discussions. Um, I'm a big fan of his stuff. And it was interesting hearing part of it's really cool like he makes great videos so that's why like when i was seeing him doing a workshop I'm like what is his workshop like so it's about content creating that content uh, it was about youtube branding it was you know him giving him his practical advice on how he got a youtube channel up and like how he yeah. how he thinks about content creation so um he ran a couple of workshops um i could only get into one of them but that was just an example and it was awesome just hearing you know, either validating things that I already knew or give me some ideas on, on things that I could do in the future. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. Like his videos. So yeah, anyone check him out. He, even some of his like early stuff, he even like made a video on like how to do a cheap, uh, wet palette yep. and stuff. Like he, it's not just like discussing about hobby and stuff. It's discussing about like things to make your hobby experience better and like, and everything. Cause he just, and he also has some really cool discussions about like how to overcome your lows in your hobby. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because let's be real, we've all had that. I've had that myself where I've literally been low about my hobby and then just watching and listening to his videos and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is what I needed. And yeah, really cool stuff. So check him out as well and Vince as well. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see them doing workshops and yeah. giving back to the community. So um, so I hope hopefully Vince is going to come to CanCon um, and if he does, we'll get some painting workshops up and running. So if you're interested, stay tuned. Um, but hope that that is definitely a goal. Uh, and I know Vince and Tom are interested in coming down, but obviously I'll let them decide. But um, they were awesome. Yeah, they seem like cool guys. 
Tom brings hard lists. <laughs> Tom Tom does bring hard lists, and he did very, very, very well. He was in contention to win the GT up until the very end. Yeah. Um, but, but before that, I had the doubles event. Now, can I just say quickly before we start, guys, go on AOS Short's website and look up some of these doubles photos, like their display boards. They are incredible. Am I right? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. My favorite was the Deepkin and the Doors of Cain, where the Deepkin are at the bottom, like under the water, and then there's like a ship with the Doors of Cain. Like they're just like pirates. Like this is amazing. Like this is genius. So this is, these are my, th- well, here's three of my opponents. I got to play next to um, Domus and um, Pete Foley in one of my games. But um, so it was really interesting. So my opponent, so my partner, I was running my Gloom Spite and my opponent, Martin Orlando, so my, yeah, my uh, partner, Martin Orlando was running Stormcast. So it was this really interesting combination. But a couple of things I want to call out here was one, do you notice that I'm playing two women in, in the doubles event? Yes. And also I see another woman behind the ones that you're playing. So first off, I don't want to make a big song and dance about women, but it was awesome to see them at the table and having an absolute ball. Um, And I was like, how do we get more of them onto the table? Like we've obviously got Gemma, we've got um, Elizabeth, we've got some really cool um, players that are coming from that community, but how do we get more of them? And I, I, you know, I I do wonder that. Um, But the, the, the top, middle photo um andrew is the guy's name and uh gina is the the the, the girl they run this awesome silver Neth and um and spider fang um army so it was really interesting mechanics to see the spiders ignoring the silver Neth terrain and just like it was so cool that's cool just yeah they're cool like everything just watching this now just seeing everyone so excited about the doubles is cool had an absolute ball. So game one uh, in the top left-hand corner, that's Kelly and Ian. That was a, uh, they were running a Zench and uh, Nurgle army. Yep. So that was a really cool game. Unfortunately, didn't take that one. Uh, my partner, Martin, kind of got collapsed by uh, the Lord of Change. He was just too strong. Um, and they beat us on the objective. Um, yep. But it was an awesome, awesome game. Um, game two against uh, the, that Sylvaneth and um, and uh, Spider Fang or Gloom Spite Army, um, that was awesome. Um, Martin and I had took that one out, so we won that game. But it was such a good game, uh, yeah. really interesting. Um, and the third one was a was a, a the the bottom um, the bottom center uh, was a, a combination of brothers. So it was um, uh, I'm going to pull up the list right now. It was a Deepkin um, Skaven list. So okay. Brothers are uh, Brandon and Alex Langer. So um, that was super fascinating. And um, that bloody um, that bloody endless spell. The um, the, the yeah, it's it's, it's brutal. It's, it's savage, right? It's pretty savage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dan Brewer had used it on me before, but yeah, it's just it's, it's a constant just reminder. And we only had one spellcaster, so it was just it just sucked. But um, it was a really cool game, and we won that one as well. So um. Uh, absolute had a ball yeah and i reckon and like you know let's bring this up it was really cool that both you and your partner both painted something for each other yes yeah yeah so you want to talk about what you painted up and stuff for him and like how that idea came about yeah so um so martin and i kind of come up with an idea by the way nice question i didn't even load you up with that one i try 
That was good. I like this. I like this Liam. He's prepared. Um, so I don't know if you guys can see in the bottom left-hand corner, uh, right next to the um, the Molyseum uh, or the grave site, um, there's a Lord Ordinator and there's a uh, glue, a, a, a grot, a grot war boss on foot. So um, Martin uh, Martin runs the Celestial Vindicators, I believe the the chamber's called. Yeah. Anyway, I painted that up for him. Uh, as a token of like friendship and gift um and and he had painted me up a loon boss so it was it was an awesome exchange and like just before we played um we'd kind of seen each other's photos we tried to imitate our our schemes and it was a really nice way that now i'm going to walk away and always remember that team's event um and we had such we had such a good time yeah like i i thought that was really cool so like if i think if there was any time when we do a doubles event it'll be cool to see teams like painting one model like their leader to like match i think that's just a cool idea just to be like hey like i remember this event that i did because of this one model which i thought was really cool yeah. um do you want to have a guess on how many teams there were at this team's event i'm gonna guess 30. 147 teams and what 147 teams a one day event right one day event 147 teams that's fucking awesome i don't care about who's going to be the winner that's just awesome there's 140 teams yeah I, I couldn't believe it when when um when that was announced um absolutely it's insane it's like almost 300 players 40 teams times up by two that's 280 players yeah just casually chilling playing thousand point games pretty much playing a thousand point games 2000 etc but yeah they each have a thousand points fucking awesome yeah awesome that's, that's, very that's, cool that's just awesome i can't say anything more than that's just awesome with awesome hobby yeah. So, um, yeah, very, very cool. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see more doubles and teams events, um, in Australia. I think we, we're only scratching the surface on that. Um, and then there was the GT, there was the age of Sigma GT championships, which was, uh, five games. Um, I think, uh, what were the, let me, let me go back to your, your top left photo, the guys with the bl black and orange shirts. I honestly thought that was Mango Mafia. Well, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan is wearing a Mango Mafia shirt. You can see in the top yeah, right. Yeah, I can see that, but um, I honestly thought it was like Mango Mafia over there. No, good Lord. Uh, and I think you can see there, you can see the, um, the, uh, oh God, the, um, the measure gaming Hawaiian shirt too, in the top left. So, yeah. uh, those boys were being represented as well. That's cool. Uh, so the so the 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 Age of Sigma Championships five games two thousand points, um, interesting setup. Uh, the the scenarios were total conquest, focal points, total commitment, knife to the heart, and then um, the relocating orb. Yeah, solid. So that was really cool. Um, I played some super interesting armies. Uh, I played uh, Ever Chosen. Yeah. I played a Nurgle army. I played two Blades of Corn armies, two very different ones. One was a Brass Stampede. One was the uh, uh, bloody stupid um, Gore Pilgrims. What? Quickly uh, before we do that. So just letting everyone know that Corn's new book was not in play. That's correct. That is correct. Right. So that Gore Pilgrims you're talking about is the brutal Gore Pilgrims. <laughs> uh, but the, the Brass Stampede wasn't probably the better Brass Stampede. Yeah, it's but... you literally... Out Thinking about new book, you turn it over. But in saying that, the um, the brass stampede is more expensive now. So, so in that brass stampede, I think I played something like thirty to thirty-five um, skull crushers. Mm -hmm. So I think we worked it out. We, we couldn't field as many, 
but yes, you're right. Um, it was the old book. It was just released a little bit too late. Which is, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of fair enough. If it's a big GT like that, and the FAQ hasn't come out yet, um, you can't like. I I know some people would be complaining, being like, "Oh, I want to play with my new book," but it's kind of like a good send off in the same way for that old book. Mm. It makes sense, like do one big event with the old book, and then when the new book comes, like when next event, kick it. But um, that's cool. Um, now. I haven't watched the Honest War Gamers stat show or anything yet about this, but what was the most, what was the one army you saw continuously around? Uh, I mean, I know I mean, there's a lot, but what was the common, like every time when you were walking around, that same army was there? Uh, I don't think there was. I mean, I mentioned to you the first game I had was against an ever chosen list, which is um, like, yeah, you, like, you don't hear that, but it's very uncommon. Um, there, there probably wasn't one. I mean, your, your stock standard, Deepkin, Daughters of Cain, Stormcast, Corn, um, Nurgle. Um, uh, there's a, there was a couple of Gloomspite, a couple of, you know, Beast Claw Raiders. Um, uh, uh, was it Byron from Facehammer came over with a Bone Splitter army and took out Best Destruction. Um, there was, a, it was a good variety. There's about 200 players. Um, there was no, you don't submit your lists, uh, in advance. So when you register at the tournament, you hand over your list. Um, so you, you you didn't know what you were kind of coming into, but, um, it was a, it was a good solid mix, but I think as you would expect in the top tables, but the most interesting thing is, um, the player who won, won it with Seraphon. I need to hear about this in Rob's show, but I had a look at his list. It's a lot of skanks. It's a semi-summoning list, I think it was. It was semi-summoning. Yeah. And, and there were a couple of those. I saw a, uh, uh, I think it was a death army that had about 210 zombies. I'd seen a flesh eater quartz <laughs> army at the top tables that had 150 ghouls. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting uh, destruction list that was at the top tables for a while that had a unit of, I think it was nine trolls or trogoths. And that one four and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was carving this one. I remember watching this one block of trolls just just was a wrecking wrecking ball. Yeah. Like I remember seeing that because I think uh Pete Atkinson retweeted saying like this army went four to one at Adepticon and I just looked at him like that's a low body count Trogoff army. That mm. is awesome. And like I literally was like claps. I'm like, that is like that's awesome to see that low body count armies can compete because with yeah. the current meta being hordes and stuff, um, which is cool. And it's cool to see that Gloomspite's doing well now. Um, I mean, Gloomspite's yeah. kind of still in that middle kind of range. It's still three, three and two. I don't, I don't know if any Gloomspite, I don't think any Gloomspite went four and one. Um, they're definitely that, that randomness really plays into effect, but um, who knows? Yeah. I, I just thought that was cool seeing that. So, um, I can see your armies on display, which is cool. Yep, they had some. some yeah, they, they, they had um, the the so the play the the painting scores were quite interesting. They were quite hard, um, yep. and I think the average paint score was about seven to ten out of twenty total. And it was really it was a really hard um, painting matrix. Um, I had scored nineteen out of twenty, so I was really happy with um, with that. Yeah, nineteen out of twenty. So. Um, yeah. smash the average, which was really cool. That's cool. 
say like for me, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I generally, before an event, I always just read the rubric. Like right now with my terror guys, I'm actually still making sure I've got like object source lighting and stuff and like certain basing so I can go above the average of like, I'm not just doing bare minimum, three color minimum. So one of, one of the key areas was um, uh, heavily, con heavily converted army. So that was worth quite a lot of points. So yeah. I had some minor conversions, but there was one particular part where it's like rewarding almost conversions across the whole army, which, which um, someone like Travis would smash. Absolutely. But there's only, you know, a handful of people. So yeah. um, like that's when like Tom does really well because his whole army for his dwarves and stuff are all converted completely. Um, that's cool. Like, um, what was the highlight game? Uh, the highlight? Like, what was the uh, one game where just, like, amazing stuff happened? Like, just everything was, like, even though you might have lost, but, like, just some amazing stuff happened, which was just awesome to, like, just experience. I think it's the, um, the, the, the one against, the so game five against Nathan Prescott, which was... Gloom Spite versus Gloom Spite. Yep. It was um, Scragrot versus Scragrot. Yep. Um, it was a pure battle of, um, of the Grots. Yeah, it was of the moon. And, and being in that situation, only one of us controls the moon. And Nathan was fortunate enough to have rolled high enough that he controlled the moon. Um, yep. It was such a good game. It was a battle of, of uh, a horde of, horde of, um, of Grots. Um, he had, had he had Boing Grotz. I had my Colossal. He had a um, a, a giant as well. Uh, it was an absolute monster mash that I wish we could have gone for another ten to to twenty rounds. It was just such a good game. Twenty one. Um, we had double Loon Shrine in the middle, yep. so uh, we basically just made our whole armies immune to battle shock, and we just like fought it out. That's what you want, though. Just fight it out. Um... And Nathan's such a good opponent. He was an awesome opponent. All of yeah. my opponents were really cool. Um, I've got to I've got to say that um, my opponent um, who had the Gold Pilgrims, Quentin, I thought sorry for the guy. I had to hug him. Um, he 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 couldn't roll above two on his prayers for his life. So he'd roll a two, he'd re-roll it, he'd roll a one, and do D three damage to himself every single oh. roll. He would come to Battle Shock. He'd roll a six for days. So his big blocks of reavers would so just right. disappear. Would just disappear while every. I think he got one blood boil off over four, four rounds or four and a half rounds before I tabled him. That's it was, cool. yeah, it was it was really hard because uh, I'm like I know what this army does. I've played like Nathan Princey, who is um, Matt Campbell. Yeah, Matt Campbell with the Gold Perum. They're such good armies, and he just couldn't get anything off. That sucks. Yeah. Um, did every game you learn something new? Um, I learned that I hate Everchosen. Really? That is a some bitch army. So, uh, my opponent, James, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I played, uh, I played Everchosen once before and, um, my opponent, James was, um, he's a, he's a mad scientist. So his <laughs> army was Archeon. He had four units of three Varangard. He had a war shrine and then he had a unit of Ungor. Right, right. Like, that's actually a good list. It's a great list. And then what happened? So he gave me first turn, yeah. and, and we're in a we're in a scenario that only has like a nine inch um, uh, gap between us. So obviously eighteen inches. Uh, I got given first turn, um, and then he was at, what he was able to do was um, charge his Archeon four units of Varangard War Shrine in one turn, being just just so the, the, the layout. And 
what I wasn't able to respond with was the um the Varangard once per per battle can double pile in. Yeah. So not only is four units double piling in, the buffs from Archeon, the buffs from the War Shrine are giving them re-rolls, their armor saves like two. Um yeah. It's just, it's just, and then he can activate a roll that um, if I I, th- I think on the first turn he had rolled a five, so any fives that I ro- rolled I had to re-roll, yeah. um, which just made it re- even harder for me to take down his unit. So yeah, um, it was a very well played and well created list out of out of literally um ever chosen, which we know doesn't have many choices. Doesn't have many choices. I reckon, as I said, I'm just putting it out there. I reckon um. Like, I reckon Everchosen and Slaves of Darkness will go together and Dark Earth, maybe. Like, yeah. I don't know about Dark Earth, but I reckon it'll come together. And that's when you start seeing like toolbox, Vanguard everywhere, toolboxing and stuff. Because right now, when you look at Everchosen, you pretty much like you put Archeon or whatever Chaos God you're following, if you want Archeon in it, like a Corn, Zeech, wherever he gets the buffs mainly out of it. Like, for example, Sinesh piling in twice and using for depravity points. But you don't see the Vanguard, I mean, the Vanguard out because. Like, they don't get the mark unless Archeon is on the table. So you can't, like, you you literally have to buy Archeon and Varangard to make Varangard work in that Chaos God way. Yeah, it, no, I agree. That's why you don't see them much. And so hearing about it being, like, ever chosen doing one, like, all oh, right, because they do the double pile in and they get all the buffs. So Warshrain, good shout. That's freaking awesome. One thing that was really cool about his army as well was um, so he had four units of Varangard, and each of them was Corn Slanish, Zen, yes. Nurgle. But what he had done is he extensively converted every single one of them. So um, the Slanish ones had the whips from the Slanish chariots, and um, he took like you know um, uh, Blight Kings, and you know used put them on the 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 Nurgle ones. It's just a beautiful army as well. So uh, I think the level of hobby that I saw was exceptional as well. I don't think I had a bad painted army. Uh, in front of me across any of the games. So, um, and I think one thing, I, I don't know if you can see there with the photo with Nathan, is that the tables were actually eight by fours. So you had six by four mat, and then there was a two two by four, um, like a, a divider between the tables. So you could put your crap there. So your dice and your books and all that good stuff, um, which, which made a huge difference as well. Um, yeah, like it's just nice space. And that's kind of what I want to start seeing in some events, a little bit more space. Because like I keep treading on models and stuff like when I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So that was the event. Um, I went two and two and three. So I, I won two and I lost three. Um, on Upon reflection, I know that I probably lost games as opposed to being beaten. So I know when I played the uh, Brass Stampede, I was really, really conservative. And he just racked up objective points. But then when I decided to attack in turn three, and I don't know why I was so worried about being charged by the Brass Stampede, my Manglus Gwig killed five um, Skull Crushers on himself in one combat. What? Yeah, my Manglus Gwig, my Manglus Gwig with the Loon Boss on, killed five five Skull Crushers in a single round of combat. And I, I literally destroyed all of his, like his 30 to 35 Skull Crushers. But I, I think I was so concerned about being charged, and again having flat, you know, numb flashbacks from the ever chosen. I was a bit conservative, and I was kind of like deployed back on my three or yeah. my six. Um, 
because that ever chosen one really destroyed like almost all my grots in, in the first turn. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really good. A few good lessons, but like I said, more importantly, I had, um, nine, nine brilliant games across, uh, all of the events. Okay. Which is good. Now seeing these casual hangouts, I'm not gonna lie that live stream that Rob did with you guys all hanging out was hilarious to watch. Um, was there much time in between games and stuff just to casually hang out and catch up with people, or was the tournament very like let's keep going? No, there was there was plenty of good time. I mean, the event ran quite late, so I think on the Saturday uh, we finished up about nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, now that was, I mean, obviously we fact you know got to go get dinner and things like that, but it also then meant that we did have plenty of time. There was like a thirty minute break between rounds, or lunch was a solid hour. Yeah. Um, so you could set up for back best painting and you could go see some of the vendors. So uh, it did drag out a bit, but it also did give you plenty of opportunity to, to meet up with people. But also um, when, when someone's game had finished, they hung around and people talked to each other and uh, people buying me beers and giving me things. Um, so it was cool. really, really cool. That's cool. Uh, and you can kind of see here that again, I didn't know anyone, uh, before this event, I didn't know anyone personally. I never met them personally, but you can see I got brought to breakfasts and dinners and uh, people just coming to my table, giving me drinks. The Rage of Sigma guys had, you know, um, spirits and they were pouring me spirits. And um, there was this running joke that, that um, actually, funnily enough, Jacob, on that, that weird night of streaming, yeah. Jacob goes, hey, man, you're, you're my favorite dweller. I'm like, not on the oh. dwellers. And he goes, oh, but I love your podcast. I'm like, I don't have a podcast. He's like, you're my favorite dweller. I'm like, all right. And that, that was the joke between um, the, the Rage of Sigma. It's like, man, you're, you're our favorite dweller. You're better oh, than God. Smorgan. I'm like, oh, do I say that? Oh, Smorgan. Um, but um, that's cool, though. Like, what is it? It's just, yeah, everyone just seems like they're just having a great time. And it's just cool seeing familiar faces and seeing them all, like, interact with each other. Because, like, usually we just talk on Twitter. Yeah. So seeing them all in one place, I was like, fuck, who needs Twitter when you can literally just go to Adepticon? And I think what's but, really cool is you can see in the top two photos, um, the the big groups, you've got Game Games Workshop employees there as well. So you've got Martin Moran, you've got um, Eddie from the community team, you've got Pete Foley. Uh, there's so many Games Workshop people as well who are interacting and hanging out with us. So um, they were making it very much, it was very collaborative um, as opposed to, just literally being an event or, you know, it's, we only operate in business hours and then we kind of hang out by themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was completely integrated. Everything that we were doing, GW was there. Um, it was just awesome. Yeah. I, it's cool to see that the GW guys aren't like in the, like in their own little group, they're happy to branch out, which I thought was really cool. And also the fact that you got to chat to them and stuff, especially after previews, because usually like when they're there, it's like work related. And stuff but then also seeing pete foley get involved in the doubles event which is cool yeah and even like uh, i think pete was actually running the underworlds event but um you know even martin morin and eddie who had who had just been live streaming the twitch channel for you know 12 hours or however long that is they would hang out with us right afterwards and i can imagine like i knew after doing the master's stream when i was live commentating with travis awesome. how exhausted i was but these guys were just um continuing and just like getting involved and like even when we're in the lobby having some casual drinks, they would come by and talk as opposed to just like scurrying away, hiding or going to their hotel room. So I couldn't, I couldn't speak highly enough of how, how GW's really integrating themselves into the community. And 
Yeah. Uh, I hope we start to see that in Australia soon. And I think um, from the discussions that I had, um, it's definitely on the cards. They want to get more and more and they realize they've kind of dropped the ball with us and they want to start making it right. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, just, yeah, that's just seems awesome. And um, wasn't there like a joke about a sticker ban? Uh, what? I swear there was a joke about a sticker ban. Like, I think Rage of Sigma was like, oh, stickers are banned. So they just started sticking it everywhere. I don't know, but like Rage of Sigma stuck, stuck that original sticker on my um, my my uh, model case. It's in Jimbo. You can see down the bottom, there's uh, Tyler Mengel's one. So I've decided I'm going to start collecting stickers, and I think I'm going to create an AOS coach sticker that I can yeah. start to trade. So um, Solid. So um, that's kind of that's kind of like roughly it when it comes to um, to to Adepticon. And I think um, what's really cool, actually, I'll show you this. So I had to buy this bag. I had to buy this bag um, when I was over in America because they have this. I'm going to stop rustling for a second. They have this um, this premium badge that gives you yeah. some goodies. Yeah. And like, here's some of the crazy shit that I got. So. Um, like board game just casually like there's a song of fire and ice i got some paints um like the book like i've got some models like models like crazy stuff the warhammer booster pack like um everyone got like an underworld's warband paints you name it there's so much crazy stuff here and it was like 30 bucks um in addition to your ticket, which is almost nothing. Yeah. So that's insane. You get, yes. And then also I got, uh, the exclusive, uh, event dice box. So oh, GW cool. Adepticon yeah. dice box, as well as these metal objective markers. So, um, that's pretty cool as well. That's what you want. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like I, after seeing your event, I remember I was just like, I went into the local GW store and I was like, Oh, like, have you heard much about Adepticon? I was like, in all honesty, I'm just got serious FOMO and I wish I was there. Like it just looked like a whole bunch of fun. And like, I did not hear one bad thing about Adepticon on Twitter or any blog post. So no, look, it was great. And I think, you know, um, I hope nobody is sitting here thinking that this episode is about gloating. It's actually far from it. It's, yeah. it's me wanting to encourage everybody to, uh, if they have the opportunity to go out and travel to Brisbane, travel to Sydney, travel to New Zealand, you know, you know Liam, you're next month, next month going to Notorious GT. So excited. I'm so excited to beat AOS shorts. But like going and traveling, getting out and going to the, um, to, to the, the Bendigo guys of the world and the Adelaide's and, yeah. um, you know, I want to go to our WA friends and, you know, go to one of their events, um, uh, I'd love to go to South Coast GT. I think um, this is where you can start to test mm. your army, see the different communities. Um, like I'm keen to go to Melbourne as well. Like no one, we don't have much interaction with Melbourne. Um, keen to go there. Like I think I've done my time with Brisbane because we did four trips, four or five trips to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was pretty much ready to like go. Cool. Love Brisbane, guys. So if you're listening, still love you um love you hayden um but um it's just more like you kind of just want to meet new players and just start because like i think at one stage we kind of knew the brisbane meta and yeah. then we knew the sydney and brisbane meta but then like when i walked into like melbourne i was like oh this is different like this is a different meta um 
which was cool. Like, I was like, cool, let's do this. Um, so that's why I'm also really excited for New Zealand, different meta. And they've recently just said they're enjoying playing 1250 points, which I was like, that's cool. I'm keen to hear more about it and stuff. And seeing like the New Zealand community, they just did a one day event on the weekend. And then afterwards, like 12 of them went to someone's house and had a barbecue. Well, even I think um, when we had the New Zealand guys on the stream before, they had said that for their masters, they had just hired a massive house and all 12 of them or 16 of them stayed in a house. So yeah. um, I, I think that's, that's really cool. House, I'm staying in with them. So I'm actually staying with the, for an update guys, I'm actually staying with the New Zealand guys. I'm pretty sure. Um, Seth's uh, helping me out, um, crashing with them. So I'm actually going to be crashing the house with them and just get to hang out with them on the Friday, Friday night beforehand. And I think Sean was asking what time my flight was so he can might be like a tour guide or something or like show me around, which I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm so down for that. And like, that's kind of like next time when these guys come out, I'm like more than happy to play a game with them or something before the event, like something casual and stuff. Like you had your pick me up game at Adepticon with Chuck. Mm. Um, so like something like that, when like we have New Zealanders coming, if they come on the Friday beforehand, um, of an event, for example, Sydney GT, it'd just be cool to like take them to like a good games or something and just be like, hey, let's play a casual game, like just literally no time limit, nothing. You just get to chat. So something like that, I think, needs to happen a little bit more when it comes to even like traveling. Like um, Melbourne's not a good example at the moment. I just booked a tattoo at the same time I'm going to Melbourne to play. So I can't do a pick me up game. But, um, like if I have the time, totally would do it. Like so I've, I've traveled down to Melbourne a few times for work and, um, I've always put out on the group and, and usually I play a game down at the good games and, um, yeah. just to get to meet the players. I know when I was in Perth, uh, about a month or two ago for work, I tried to line up a game there. Um, I think this is like, again, if I take away one thing from Adepticon and I think what Adepticon does really well that, uh, I haven't seen anywhere else is that community spirit and just how a lot of these guys have met up at different events, whether it's at LVO or Midwest Meltdown or, um, you know, like a, a NashCon or like a Holly Havoc. They've kind of met with each other. But these three big events, LVO, Adepticon and Nova, is, a, is, is this time that they come and re reunite and they really make the most of their time. And it's gotten me to think, how can I – make the most that when I see the the Haydens and the Clints and the Gemmas of the world, how do we make sure it's not just at the tabletop? How do we make sure there's stuff that's happening before, happening after? And for those people who travel, we're making people feel as included with activities and, you know, support um, as we can. Yeah. Like that's like, we kind of did that with New Zealand with the Tasman cup, as I said, um, but it'd be cool. Like, just get more people included. Like, I know when around CanCon, I did try and talk to heaps of people that I haven't seen in a while, even some new players and stuff. And, like, I did get stopped quite a bit at CanCon being like, oh, like, I've listened to your podcast. I've listened to you on AOS Coach. I've listened to you on Mortally Wounded. Your, like, your ideas and stuff are really cool. And, like, just got to talk to them. Like, that was really cool. And, like, some of them were like, oh, I really want to, like, my goal is to come to CanCon one year, like, to play. I was like, hey, it's like really easy. Like you literally just find the army, do it. Don't worry about game experience or whatever. Just come in, do it. Um, and trying to get them included and like also like introducing the people as much as I could. But so, um yeah. So a couple of things that I think we could also learn from you know, just off the back of what you just said was um 
I really like that on Twitter, a lot of people change their, uh, I think, it, is it a handle? The Not yeah. not the actual at and what, what their name is, but like the, yeah. Yeah. They would say like Anthony at Adepticon and, and lots of people renamed their name just to say at Adepticon as well. So that people knew they were going to be at Adepticon and it was easier to find people. Yeah. Which I thought I was really cool. I saw that because Pete Foley did that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, make a new Twitter account. And I'm like, oh, no way. He just renamed it. <laughs> Another thing I thought was really interesting from the Americans is they are not shameless when it comes to their content creators. So if they are on Twitter, they have their Twitter handle on their shirt, whether it's a Wargaming Club, whether it's uh, their podcast or whatever it is, they have their Twitter handle so people can find them easier. Yeah. And there were so many people that were wearing, wearing Garage Hammer, Sigma and Sun, Warhammer Weekly, um, you know, Strength Hammer. If they were on a podcast or a blog or whatever, they yeah. had a shirt or they had a hat that, that, that signified that. And again, it made it easier for them to stand out and uh, build the awareness of, of all the great stuff that was happening. So um, which is, I really like that. Which is what you want. Like you want people like when you're a content creator you want people to be like not saying like fans of you but like be able to feel like oh since he's so open to talk in public i'm sure i can easily go up to him and have a conversation with him like that was the thing when i walked around with a herald's top actually once when i got given one still have it um but people came up to me and they're like oh you're a herald like they can talk to me like they're like i'm a herald and i was like oh just say you know i'm not a herald i'm just wearing the shirt with support and also and stuff but like people are more like if you have a club top or like a podcast or a content creator people are more like oh, okay cool he's opens publicly i can talk to him yeah I, I i had a lot of people who go oh i know you or i did i get a lot of people who who did say they love my content they've seen yeah. me which was surprising being uh, an american event yeah um but a lot of people like would look at me and go like you've got a familiar face i don't know where i've seen you from and it was, it was actually really interesting because I was talking to um, a 30K a podcaster. So um, Greg Dan, I think his name yeah. is, he runs like a 30K. But we, we had a really good DNM about content creation and, you know, going back and forth. Um, and where was I going with this? I, was got, I had a really good train of thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll skip it. It was a really – we talked a lot about good stuff, but there was something I was going to say. But – um, I think long story short, um, oh, oh, that's right. As a content creator, um, you know, we, we, if someone's looking at us or like we, they, they think that we, um, we may be somebody, not that we're arrogant or anything, but you know, we, we can easily introduce ourselves and, you know, somebody might think they know us or they've seen us, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or like whatever content we put out, um, and just ease that introduction process. Um, and by, I, I think what you said, having your handle, having your logo, um, yes, it's self-promotion, but also it's an easy way for people to identify you and engage with you, yeah. um, that they may not feel as comfortable if you're just in plain clothes. And I kind of saw that where they're like, I know you, I've seen you, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but if they had like some AOS coach logo, they're like, you're the coach, I've seen you, I know what you do. I love your stuff. Um, yeah, it's just like, for example, for me, right? Like, I know I'm not the most welcoming looking person. Like I have like the biggest resting bitch face ever. Um, but like when I wear like a club top or something or like anything like that, everyone's like, oh, like I can talk to him. 
and stuff or people see me on facebook and stuff like oh i can talk to liam more comfortably like, i can go up to him despite the fact that i look pissed off 90 percent of the time which i'm not just want to clarify just how i'm born with it but like it's one of those things where it's like it's not really saying like talk to me talk to me sign it's more like if you're a bit lost you can come and have a chat to us about like warhammer and stuff which i thought which I, it's cool like and seeing that adepticon where like yeah people were more than happy to talk to each other and stuff that's what you want in a community internationally yeah yeah and i get invited to so many events so many casual discussions so many things afterwards to breakfast to dinners um it was a very inclusive environment yep. um just before i left i did an interview discussion with um uh, a content creator at america called lady in a dress um yep. she is like a, a second generation like she's a part of like a wargaming family that her, i think her parents and you know uh, her family kind of are in this wargaming community and we had a really good just chat um and it's just yeah so so open and i think you know definitely made me rethink um about our scene and thinking about how our events are more than just tournaments they are a reunion that you know after cancon there's so few opportunities that we all see each other um and when i do catch up with you know the smorgans and the randys and the doom of darkness and the collins and the the the, the haydens of the world like making sure that you know we, we we really do take advantage of um the times that we are together yeah like um, i like hayden's a close mate of mine just only see him two three times a year like that's it like but that's and, at how the same, and at the same time i think it's making sure that we then start building those relationships with other people and um yeah i, I think it's a great experience and i think the learnings that i'm going to take away uh, I'm going to bring into Sydney, Sydney GT, and I think I've got some interesting things to share probably in the next month or two. So, um, yeah, you don't um, want to talk about like how the tournament was run depending on secondaries, or do you want to do that another time? No, no, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll keep that to, uh, time to my, yeah, to my players pack when yeah. it's all locked in, but I will be taking some of the lessons and, uh, trialing it and if clint likes it maybe it's a cancon thing but uh definitely some ways that uh adepticon ran their tournaments that which were a little bit different i think created a better player experience um yeah. than um than how we've run tournaments in the past um i you know, don't disrespect but it was just a, a different way of playing and I, I really enjoyed it yeah like right now it would be cool to change it up a little bit like at the moment, it's a bit samey most of the packs. So we cool to see something different. Like I remember when I changed the sports scoring from my event last year, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is new!" Like um, taking something off your narrative event and putting it into a competitive pack, being like, "Oh, puppy dog guys!" Like letting your player go back as a sports score, which was a thing that like I know a lot of people, like a lot of competitive players, go like, "Oh no, no, you forgot to do that." Yeah, but me putting a point in there saying like, "Oh, like let your opponent like." be able to re-roll that dice or something or and then also saying like um wash on wash off where it was about talking about like showing your opponent a, a tactic that they could have done to play better as a point as sports scoring and stuff and i knew a lot of people were like that's interesting that you've added that in as a soft score and stuff and i was like yeah like i don't want my event to be like smash you in the face and then not talk to you again because what happens is usually, and I don't know if you agree with me, especially in Australia sometimes when it comes to a competitive scene, um, you play a game and then you just don't talk to that opponent for a little while. It's that awkward, like, I beat you or you beat me. I'm kind of angry or I'm kind of over the joy. I need to go yeah. talk to my mates. 
like you don't talk to them after the game's like concluded. And that makes sense. Yeah, so, and, and and this is where one of the changes I'll be making, I think, um, will address this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you know when I think about um, uh, there are some events that are pure tournament, like a hundred percent tournament. Um, you know, forget sports scores. You know, painting is is not as important. You know, the LVO is a pure competition. Yeah. Uh, just the series by the Just Play guys are just that. CanCon yeah. is quite vanilla for, for the most parts. It's very just, you know, no customization. It's just as it is. Um, I know for Sydney GT, it is a mix. It's it's um, not meant to be a, a pure competition. It's meant to cater for everyone in, in some capacity, whether you're a painter, whether you're a player, whether you're a casual, it's meant to be, uh, yeah, probably kind of catered to the middle as opposed to the to the top oh, yeah like yeah i'm just super interested to see how we'll see your player pack when it comes out and we'll see my player pack when it comes out and a few others um it'll be cool to see you mix it up and if you learn some cool lessons from adepticon it'll be cool to see them in action um like uh yeah just before we close off uh would you recommend your everyday Warhammer person go to Adepticon if they had the, like the money to go or if, would, or would you say you will be more targeted towards the more like fanboys? Like for example, like let's just say trying to show an example. So it's like, I would totally go cause I'm a huge fanboy of Warhammer and Wargaming in general, but as someone who's relatively new, not saying like relatively new, like has only been in the hobby for like less than a year, turn up to a couple of events, interested to expand out, has the money. Yeah, yeah. Maybe hold back a bit and maybe wait around, or would you say no? You should totally go to Adepticon. Look, I I would I would uh, encourage I would highly encourage people to travel out of their their scene. Yep. Um, if if they have the opportunity to go to an Adepticon, an LVO, a Nova, Nova does really good yep. events. It's a very community driven, uh, charity based um event. Uh, a lot of fundraising, so they they do really good stuff. Um. You know, Blood and Glory do, does awesome work. Um, there's there are so many great events, um, but even locally, um, there are so like you know, Chris Welfare's running Sydney Slaughter, which is a fully customized, um, uh, not narrative, but definitely they're not your traditional match play events. You've got Gabe who's got his uh, team events coming up. You've got so many cool events that are happening. Uh, I would highly encourage people to to step out of their comfort zone to to travel and i know liam you and i really got to know each other when we traveled to brisbane yeah, um and got to know this traveling community and it's it strengthened us and and the, and the wider playing group yeah like i like for example my group it was mainly us like traveling to gamescube and events and stuff and like everything and then my relationship with hayden strengthened heaps because i was traveling so much to the same place but like Brisbane at one stage, I'm pretty sure it was like our second home for gaming at one stage because we were there like every two months. Um, but I was, yeah, I could say like by myself, travel if you can. Like I'm going to New Zealand. Um, it's just, I would say, because I need to tell people like just a reminder, it is a hobby. Like it, like war gaming isn't a sport yet. Like Rob has a similar dream that I have with it. Like maybe turn into an eSport one day, like that cool, awesome dream of like Warhammer, not being like professional or anything, but like being able to say like, hey, I'm a war gamer and stuff. Um, 
that's another topic another day if you guys want to know about this i would recommend listening to his interview with i think it's scrubby and wells he has his awesome dream but we don't have that similar but at the moment warhammer and wargaming in general is a hobby so like don't stretch your bank out if you can't do it and that makes sense like yeah yeah look it's it's we can't go to brisbane or melbourne like we're not saying like oh that's bad or anything it's just like if you got the opportunity to go or like you have the time and stuff to go highly recommend it make Um, it a goal i mean you can can find you can find cheap flights and you can get cheap accommodation it's not it's not impossible yeah Um, it's it's not impossible you're only doing it for a weekend like whatever place you're going to let's say uh melbourne for example you go down the friday and then you fly back up the sunday night and i think return flights 300 and then even cheaper sometimes and then your airbnb 150 so that's like a 400 500 weekend and then plus food and stuff but you'd already spend that extra dosh for your weekend trip it's just war gaming and yeah and then you have like an epic time like i i think last year i slowed down interstate stuff i think we all did we all stopped interstate as much and now this time this year um everyone's back up to it everyone's like let's let's travel let's do this um so yeah so i just want to remind people it is still a hobby and not saying like get broke for traveling to events but if you can i highly recommend it myself no good good tip and i agree um find ways to travel and get outside and meet new people because everyone is freaking awesome and um also just being able to like i remember when i was playing with uh mick and stuff at masters and he was watching me we both played sylvan f and he was watching me play sylvan f and he's like you play it so differently to anyone else that i've seen and same thing like in canberra like since there's so many people differently and they all have the same army but you all play it so differently um and everything he was just like this is a learning experience like i remember when he saw me like daisy chain dryads to grab like three ejectors and stuff and he was like i thought you can't do that i'm like nah we'll say i can do this and he was just like oh my gosh i've been like holding my army back this whole time um so um for him to see that and like for me to see other players play their army so differently it's an awesome learning experience and also hobby wise like i've seen some cool hobby travis again perfect example seeing his like converted stuff it gives me ideas to do cool conversions yeah um, and like seeing uh i think it's uh, i forgot the oh. guy's name just non-metallic metal stormcast sean something he's in brisbane why you think about that even like blake kerwick and his display oh, boards yeah like his display boards i think that's where you know and and um dakun is in a chat saying you know uh cancon is um something that he, he wants to go to next year and that is definitely uh one of the big events um we have in australia so you know i if- i love cancon cancon's like wargaming home for me um yeah so like i like i reached i seen the display boards again bring back display boards i reckon seeing some of the display boards i reckon blake had a good chance if he rocked up with the one that he did at cancon to adepticon yeah yeah if he got it over there he would have a he would give them a run for their money um but seeing hobby stuff like that like that's for me the conventions and stuff and like cancon and tournaments it's me seeing hobby and painting and then just learning and gaming experience like that's it and also just uh the saturday night drinks dinner turn up sunday hungover and apologize to your opponent or first like fourth round saying i'm really sorry i'm hungover 
Well, it kind of goes back to, and this kind of might, might wrap up the show, is that, you know, I started off by saying Adepticon for me was a celebration of the hobby. It was mm-hmm. a celebration of Warhammer. It was uh, the community hanging out, having fun, chatting to each other, uh, you know, lots of jokes, lots of laughs, lots of fun. Um, you know, I, I didn't see, I didn't see much, if any kind of negativity happening at the event, the event. So, um, this, this, this game is driven by the community. I think that's why yeah. it's grown. People are enjoying it. They see that it's very positive, very fun. And, um, Adepticon is just one of those wheels. Yeah. Um, it was an absolute pleasure to be there. I thank everyone who was so accommodating and friendly and introduced themselves or came up to me and said they love uh, my stuff. Um, or, you know, I've had some people um, come up to me and saying that, you know, some of my videos were the first videos they saw that got them into Sigma. And that, yeah. that was, was that cool experience. That was awesome. Um, like the people- Sylvaneth video, the amount of people who stopped me at CanCon being like, just letting you know, I'm paying a Sylvaneth army. You and Chris and Anthony have like one saved them heaps of money on buying stuff that they just didn't need, and two, they just like one guy came up to me and goes, "I never thought dryads were amazing." Till then, you and Chris like gave us the breakdown of how good they are. Now I own a hundred and like they said, like we're up to you owning one hundred and twenty dryads. I was like, oh okay, like it's cool, like getting that kind of vibe when you're out in those conventions and people celebrating you as a hobbyist and them being like, "I'm really excited." Thanks to you, it's cool. Like, uh, and, awesome. and I think equally, we got to make sure that we also celebrate everyone who's not a content creator and you know acknowledges yeah. really, really great armies and you know interesting lists. You know, I played next to a guy who played Darkling Coven, a full Darkling Coven army, and you know, let him know how fucking awesome his army is because Sean, he is. Sean Radcliffe not- rocking out with Slaves of Darkness. Everyone was like giving him high fives for rocking out with an army, but no one thinks is competitive. <laughs> Yeah. And he was like, this is awesome. And then I remember this. I remember this so well. He went up to Rob after this first day or something, or like second day. And Rob goes, What did you play? And he goes, Oh, Slaves of Darkness. And he was like, What? What? Are you a madman? And he's like, No. Nah. And he goes, He goes, just really asking. He asks Rob, goes, Hey, Rob, what's the stats like, say on average that Slaves of Darkness should win a game? He goes, Zero to one, like zero to one games. So he goes, cool, I won three. And then Rob just, like, high-five, jumped around, celebrated with him, being like, that is awesome. You have literally beat the stats. Like, you have smashed the stats, you're done. And it was, like, honestly, just those two guys celebrating and everyone else was just, like, laughing and having a great time just because one guy literally just was, like, rocked up an army, but everyone goes not competitive. And then everyone just up in the air cheering for this one guy's army. And I thought that was cool. No, that's really cool. And celebrating the narrative gamers. Like we go to these conventions and there's people who come who play narrative. Uh Bigwood, for example, he again, his list for the Canberra event this weekend, it's a narrative list. Mm-hmm. And, just- and and the people at Depticon, like when they submitted their army for their best display, they had like a story or you know, oh, they oh, had that something awesome. that like, it's amazing. It's, I think it's really cool. And like celebrating that because like we are at a competitive event. Cool. But like these conventions, they celebrate every single type of hobbyist. Like I don't really follow the law of AOS. I'm going to be straight up. I know bare basics. I know that Britannians now called flesh eater courts. That's all I know. Um, and it's just like one of those things where being able to celebrate someone who's like rocking up with a narrative list and just being like, that's cool. I wouldn't do it myself, 
but what you're doing is freaking awesome. Um, like I just, yeah, that's it. It, it, it comes down to, and I think that was the room. I, I, if I close off the show now, it really is. It was a reminder that Warhammer is more than just match play. Warhammer is more than 2000 points. Yep. Warhammer is more than just win and loss. Yep. Uh, and Warhammer is biz. And, and, but, but it's how, but it's how do we bring that into our events so that we, uh, match play performance is as equal as the hobby, as the people who aren't playing the meta and people just have fun when, whatever and however they're playing their army. Yeah. And as a tournament organizer, how can I create that environment as a, as an opponent? How can I, what can I do to make uh, someone inclusive and, um, you know, we don't have those awkward barriers that you were talking about earlier. So yeah, like um, my team event that I'm running, I'm got a, I've got a barrier that I have to come over with where it's teaming up with people who haven't like a Merc teams. Yeah. I have to organize mercenary teams. And like today I literally thought to myself, I'm like, Hey, I should do an award for mercenary teams called the fellowship. Similar to what they did with the Lord's War, where it's the best Merc. So it's like a little separate competition in the tournament for the Mercs. Because you know how Lord of the Rings, they just rattled up this group of people and just yep. went off on a quest. Literally do the same thing with these guys. Just put them in a team and say, go for gold. Whoever um, top Merc team gets a, a fellowship, I might just go to um, DFM and just get like rings or something made just to like, because he makes medals now yep. or whatever. Just being like, hey, can you do like a fellowship kind of thing? So like they might not win. They may have only won. Like all the Merc teams may have like not done well. But one team could just stand out, maybe one, two rounds or three. They get an award because they've rattled up a team that they don't know each other, don't know what their skills like. And just trying to break down that barrier for people who go like, oh, I don't know, like I might not win, blah, blah, blah. But being able to be like, hey, look, like there's something there for you if you want to. So I'm not breaking, like I just don't want the barrier to be like, oh, it's only people who have mates in the community already. Just yeah. being like, hey, boom. So like trying to break down that barrier. Awesome. We're going to close out the show because I am tired. I think we've driven our point home. I hope uh, I hear from the comment section how what you're doing to drive community and making people included. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you found something valuable from Adepticon. I certainly enjoyed myself. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was super keen to hear about it. It was good catching up. Uh, keen to see what you've learned for your player pack and what you're going to say in the coming weeks. I look forward to hearing more about Notorious GT as well as all the other cool stuff oh, okay. happening. You are going to get live stream videos. That's pretty much, I think we've got a show before Notorious GT for sure though. We'll, we'll make sure we talk about it. We'll hear about it for New Zealand guys. And next time when I'm, I'm on, I'll talk about um, the ADF uh, Wargaming event. And then we also got Border War. I think we're doing a show before we go to Borders War. Yes, yes. We'll talk we about Border talk about War. Hopefully I can get my uh, Grot Track up and running. Yes, you, I, yes, I said that correctly. Grot, grot track. Grot track? It's like yeah. truck. It's like yeah, I got track. track. I'll, I'll get used to it in the end. All right, cool. I'm going to bed. I'm going, I'm going loopy. Yeah, take it easy, man. Rest See up. you guys. Have a Peace. good night.